0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about the whole person concept. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Evan Herman. Evan is a licensed pastor and a successful real estate agent from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He is also the host of the whole person podcast. You can reach Evan at his website, the where he offers 10 life changing and practical tips that he's learned from his world class guests and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Evan. I'm so glad that you could join with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And just for all you listeners out there, she's put up a lot because I had to cancel twice unannounced on her. So basically, I stood her up like a date on prom. And so Linda, thank you for giving me a third chance to come on because my life has just been very chaotic the past like So thank you.
0: Yes. And actually, I want to talk about that a little bit, because part of the reason that I am so grateful to have you here is that we actually met up because it did take several tries, because both of us are dealing with a lot of real life issues. And I just want to clear up any misconceptions. If any listeners think that we do what we do, because our lives are perfect, and they are easy, and that we have all the answers, that is not the case. So I know Evan's going to explain what's going on with him. With me, I've got a lot on my plate. My 18-month-old grandson had another MRI this morning. He is recovering from cancer. I have a daughter who had a miscarriage last week, and next week she's scheduled for brain surgery to try to remove the tumor on her pituitary that is causing these miscarriages. And also we have family members struggling with unemployment and uncertainty and physical disability. So there is a lot going on. So again, we're not doing what we're doing because we, because it's easy and we have all the answers. It's because we understand that life can be challenging and we want to help empower people to be able to handle their challenges. So Evan, do you want to explain everybody what's been going on with you?
1: Yeah. So, um, and just over the past month, I have three sons, and all of them caught RSV. One of them caught it twice. Our AC has gone out. We have no AC and it's been about a week. Mm-hmm. And our garage door uh, broke the other day and we can't get our vehicles out. I finally was able to get one out and now I'm waiting for a handyman. So imagine I have to replace an air conditioning unit and a furnace and a garage door and medical expenses. And oh by the way, I'm not supposed to share this with anyone. My wife's pregnant. So that was a surprise to us. And now we're pregnant with our fourth child. Um but I'm you don't know that. No one uh, knows
0: no, that. No, no, no one knows that. And I'm sure no one <laughs> no one caught that. Yeah, yeah so involved. life life is going. All right. So let's let's get into this whole person concept. And I watched, I looked on your website and I watched your presentation about what the whole person podcast is about. And I think it's brilliant. The idea that, that you are the the student and that you're bringing in all these mentors to help you. And that's so wonderful because even if you're pretending that you're the one who knows everything, I know that I learned something from every person that I have an opportunity to visit with. So let's talk about this whole person concept thing. What, what inspired you to to start your podcast
1: you know so and what, in, what inspired the whole person idea was i went to oral roberts university and their motto is the whole person spirit mind and body and i wish i would have given that more credence when i was in college because i think i'd be light years ahead as an adult but because it was like you know part of the, our motto like you know whole person like yay whole person and i'm just wanting to have you know, a little fun with some friends and get my schoolwork done and get my degree done. You know, I didn't put a large emphasis on personal growth or wholeness or the value of what being a whole person is. And people might be thinking, well, what, what is a whole person? It's a whole person is someone who knows how to learn how to live a life. And I don't want to say just balance But in in a sense, it's learning how to live life in a self-reflective manner in the areas of life that matter most and to live that life in a significant manner. And those areas that I like to talk about are faith, family, finances, friendship, fitness, and fun. And one of the greatest things through this process is, okay, so that's a lot of things to juggle at once. Well, sometimes you don't have to focus on everything at once. Because that's a lot. The concept is okay, right now my health is struggling. Oh, that's something I didn't share either. I, you know, for about a month and a half, I, I was going through some heart uh, potential issues, which are mm-hmm. now resolved and good. And okay. we didn't know if I was having a heart attacks or what. And so, you know, I had heart monitors and I had echocardiograms. And so, all the while that you and I are missing each other, I'm going through personal health issues too. Mm. So, you know, my focus over the last month was really on my health and my family. I didn't, I really didn't podcast. I tried to, but when I just realized like I had to give that up, you know, when things came up and I had to be hyper diligent and focused on my health and my family. But now, because I was hyper diligent in those areas at that time, well, now it's opened my business back up to where I can podcast can go on appointments. My family is okay. I can focus on my relationships. I can focus on other areas. And so it's learning how to live in this balance and counterbalance life on what areas am I struggling in that I need to focus on so that those areas of struggle don't domino effect to all the other areas of my life.
0: Right. Because everything is connected. And you mentioned that you call this the wheel of wisdom. And I like that. Because say a wheel on a car, not all points on the wheel are touching the ground at the same time, but it rolls and we do connect all of them. Sometimes what we do is we ignore things until they're on fire, so to speak. Right. So, you know, health, when health comes up and health is a fire kind of issue, then, then we would concentrate on health. But I think part of the magic of the whole person concept is not waiting for things to catch on fire. I mean, yes, we have to deal with fires when they come, but when things aren't on fire, then we're still able to keep them healthy and moving forward so that we're in a better place when stuff happens, because stuff happens.
1: You know, one of the best pieces of advice that I got at college was from uh, Dr. Edward Watson. And this was very early on my freshman year. I struggled with learning disabilities years. And my junior year, God actually healed me of a lot of those. But I remember going into his office, just really struggling and to, to get things done in on time, because I also wanted to have a life. I wanted to have campus life. So, you know, I knew education was harder. So I put that a little bit on the back burner uh, so I could have the college experience as well. But I didn't forego studying and learning and homework. I just didn't give it as much attention. Because I also wanted a life. So it took me longer to do things. And I just remember talking to him and trying to explain to him, you know, this dilemma. And he goes, Evan, he goes, it's going to be difficult either way. Either it's going to be difficult to get it done to begin with and get it done on time. Or it's going to be difficult and you're going to dig yourself a hole and you're going to have to try to get yourself out of it. Either way, it's going to be difficult, but one has a better result taking care of it on the front end. And it was it was one of those pieces of advice that changed my life. So, you know, I really focused on, all right, where, where, where's the difficulty in my life? Where's the thing that I need to just attack and make better so my life will be easier? So the thing is, we're all going to go through difficulty. Mm-hmm. So just attack the difficulty versus ignore it. And like you said, let it become a fire, because as soon as it becomes a fire, then it's much harder to deal with.
0: Mm-hmm. That is a true story. That is really excellent advice. You know, it's just so natural to want to have kind of the path of least resistance. And when something seems hard or challenging, the natural response is to ignore it or let it go. And I love that idea that it can be hard on either end, but one has a better result. And that can be a great motivator to do something that's a little bit hard or a little bit uncomfortable Even if um, you'd rather be playing, doing something else. So, fantastic. Well, so tell me some of the things that you've learned from all of your awesome guests.
1: Man, okay. I think I'll I'll start with the most life-changing lesson that I've ever learned. I am a Christian, and I realized that I did not like who I was. I did not like how God created me. And that blew my mind. And what happened is I was interviewing Craig Westoff, who was probably the most well-known Christian DJ when he was at K-Love uh, in the Christian DJ, radio DJ world. And I was interviewing him and he, he gave me the best piece of advice ever. As we were talking about personal growth, wholeness, well-being, you know, he pretty much said, he goes, Evan, you're struggling self-hatred and idolatry. And it really caught me off guard. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, it's idolatry because you've painted this perfect version of yourself that you're trying to become, that you're trying to obtain. And you don't like who you are now because you're not the image that you want to be. But the thing is, you'll never like who, if you never like who you are now, you'll never become that what you want to be. And not only that, That's the self-hatred part, but not only that, but that's also idolatry towards God, which in the Christian perspective, like I have an idol before the Lord, it's like a big deal. And I realized like I didn't like how God created me to be, not that God created me sinful, no, but he did intelligently design me. He knew what blessings and giftings that were in my life and what giftings weren't, and he placed those there. And because I don't have some of the things that I want, I had this idea that by putting myself up on this pedestal that I wanted to change those things about myself, I created an idol. God, you should have made me this way, not the way that I am. You know, even though I never said that, that's kind of what was going on in my heart mm-hmm. without realizing it. And so the moment I had that aha moment, my life started be started to to change for the better. I started learning how to love myself through the process of change because personal growth is still a good thing. I can still have you know, hopes, dreams, desires, and, you know, strive to grow into a better person. That's not wrong. But when it became my idol, that's when it became wrong. But I realized I needed to love myself through the processes of change. Like I mentioned before, and it wasn't until I started doing that. that I still see real change and real results? And how open can I be on this podcast?
0: That is a very tantalizing question. What are you going to reveal?
1: Sin. I've okay. struggled with sin in my life. There's so many people that struggle with addictions. And one of the main addictions is pornography. Mm-hmm. I've struggled with that area of my life for over 20 years.
0: That's probably it the very most young. common addiction in the world, I would say.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's everywhere.
1: But it wasn't until, because the perfect version, Evan, didn't have that in his life. But that version, the, the guy who was struggling, had that in his life. But it wasn't until I started learning how to love myself, where I was at, have grace, not condemn myself, and know that God loved me. Not because, you know, I was trying to be perfect because i was just worthy of his love because of jesus and so what happened is i stopped trying to change myself and i let him transform me by getting to know him by growing my relationship with him his nature changed me
0: Ooh, that is a secret to success right there yeah self-improvement he- through letting go of self a little bit yeah it's a little counterintuitive but effective right
1: it is. And when his nature started changing me, I started seeing the results. But it was because I was able to love myself and give that over to God. I lost 40 pounds that year.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. We were, we were financially struggling. And my financial situation changed. We, our household income grew by
0: 80%. Awesome.
1: I saw Massive change, massive personal growth quickly because I surrendered that to God. And I stopped trying to change myself without God. And I surrendered to allowing his nature to change me.
0: That is fantastic. Man, you brought up so many amazing things. So a couple of those little golden nuggets is sometimes we think when you had that mental image, that idol of perfection, that... Once you attain that, then you could love yourself. And the reality is when you learn to love and accept and forgive yourself, then, then the good things start to come. So how we feel about ourselves does not come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. And our success comes from the inside out. So all of those things are beautiful. Thank you for sharing
1: you bet. And and I should say that to say, like, I didn't start accepting my sin. That's not what I did either. So I don't want that message to, to get missed. Um,
0: I appreciate I that clarification. A yeah. lot of people talk about authenticity. And some people think being authentic means, well, this is what I want. This is what I desire. So if I totally give into it and embrace whatever this vice is, then I'm being authentic. And I don't think that's the right direction to go.
1: No, and, and that's a major mistake because sin is not authentic. Sin is destructive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, another major sin in the U.S. and in Christians' lives that no one ever talks about is gluttony. And Brandy. I was a chief among them. I was addicted to soda. Like, I, I would drink 32 ounces of soda or more a day, hands down, easily. But I had to give that up too because I wanted to be a whole person. And when I started doing things with God, instead of by myself, it became much easier.
0: And did you just feel inspired, like you knew what to do? Like, oh, I probably should give up soda. Oh, I probably should change my my viewing habits. Oh, I should probably, I mean. Well,
1: that's what's funny. I always knew I needed to, but it wasn't until a few things. Like, one, I just like, God, help me give this up. (laughs) And that was a dangerous prayer what happened is it started negatively affecting my body
0: uh-huh.
1: caffeine started spiking my heart rate caffeine started giving me jitters and shakes it would literally make me feel sick wow and so that became really easy to let go you know and then once that happened i started looking at other habits No, not overeating. One, this is a really unique story. So my wife and I, our marriage really struggled early on, and it's gotten to a really good point. But a few years ago, one of the other things that really helped is, I I wanted more belly button to belly button time with my wife. Okay. And you know, I was like, "What can we do to have this happen more?" And she said, "Well." She goes, I want you to touch me more, non-sexually. I want you to hold my hand. I want the hugs. I want to cuddle. I want to do this. And then I'm thinking to myself, why don't I want to cuddle? Why don't I want to hold hands? Why don't I want these things that I used to do? And I realized it's because I normally just felt like crap. I felt bloated. I felt sick. I felt, it's because of my diet. It's because of what I ate and drank. So I didn't want to be touched. And so then it's like, okay. If I can curve these things back and feel better about my physical body in those moments, then I'd be okay with holding and touching her more. And then that resulted in her feeling more loved and then more bedroom time. Fantastic. It was like a mathematical equation.
0: Win-win.
1: Exactly. But I wanted to do those things for her too. So.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. That is huge. All of these things are super, super huge. So in your podcast and on your website, you talk about success and failure and how do you describe success and failure and how do you overcome failure and how do you feel successful?
1: Yeah. So I've probably changed my definition of success a little bit, even for my website, and I might should update it, but I think we all have to define success independently. We can't define success based off of what we see one person doing on Instagram or Facebook or how much money is in our bank account. Um, you know, I can't compare myself to Elon Musk. I don't have those giftings. I can't compare myself to other people. And here's the thing. Like I, I say that, but I struggle with it every day. So don't like, I compare myself to other agents all the time. But I have to learn to be present with who I am, where I am, and what God has given me, and what he's called me to steward. And so I say all that to say, we have to define success differently than what our company says, what goals that we have. Goals are okay, but success is different. And so for me, I've narrowed it down to this, for my life, success. And here's the thing, I won't know if I'm successful or not till probably 20, 30 years after I'm dead, okay?
0: Oh, that's a terrible definition of success then. No, no, no. Well, no so no. after you give me your definition and as you're yeah. in the process of reworking, I want—I would love to invite you to come up with another definition that says that you are successful in the progression toward these goals so that you can well, feel successful on day one. All right. So let me hear it. No,
1: my, so here's the thing. A lot of people base success off of results. Exactly. And, and so, So I I I say all that to say, it's outcome bias. Success becomes outcome bias, and I don't agree with outcome bias. But even though what I just said was outcome bias for myself, right? So my definition of success doesn't. It's not how much I attain. Not it's not only that. My success is whether or not my kids will have salvation or not.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: That's why I said I will go until 20 or 30 years after I'm dead.
0: Okay, that's
1: right. Um, But what I can do is do everything I can to set them up for a life surrendered to Jesus.
0: Okay, that is a beautiful goal. One of the tricky things about having a goal that is based on other people's decisions is that other people have decisions. Mm -hmm. So again, I would invite... Um, a slight modification to that, that as a parent that you have taught and laid a foundation for them to be able to have all of those things that you described and a joyful life and that you trust God, that whatever they do, that eventually that will come to pass and that you trust your kids, that whatever choices and mistakes they make, that they'll be able to come around and come back because man, man, Kids have choices mm-hmm. and, and they have agency and they use it. And sometimes they break your heart. Um, oh, yeah. But we certainly always, always wish the very best for them because that's, that's where our heart is. That's where our treasure is. That's where my treasure is anyway. Yeah. All right. It? So what's failure?
1: Failure is a stepping stone of learning on the way to growth and overcoming like that's that's what it is like you know it's really funny because a lot of people struggle with failure I don't
0: oh awesome one last thing
1: yeah like I don't I mean don't get me wrong I don't like to fail and I don't try to fail but when I do it's like all right all right what do I need to do differently and I think that's because I failed so much so often as a child because i i did have so many learning disabilities that failure was just a part of who i was and what i did and when i as i grew i realized that failure didn't have to define me and it wasn't who i was even though sometimes what i did and so once i learned that then i realized okay well what can i learn from my failures and then i just realized Failures were stepping stones to growth and progress and achievement. And so for me, like, you know, when I started the podcast, I didn't expect it to grow quickly. I wanted it to. And it grew okay, but it wasn't like, you know, two, three, four thousand subscribers instantly. And I didn't look at that as a failure. And so... What ended up happening is, okay, what can I learn from this? What can I learn from that? How can I tweak things? And even right now, my podcast, it's going through a weird shift where I lost about 75% of my listeners. Oh, dear. And it's, it's the craziest thing. It's like, I, it's the same good content. It's the same message. What happened? And so, you know, do I pack it up? Plug it in and go down the road. No, I called my friend who who is my he is my consultant. He is my uh, productions manager. I said, "Dude, what do we need to do?" And he's like, "Well, let's look at some numbers and statistics because over the past four or five months, we've noticed it consistently going down." Well, we we looked at the top seven. Well, out of the top ten podcasts, what are the seven most listened to? And all of them have to do with a similar topic. Oh, what was that? It just has to do with the way people think and mindset. And so what I'm going to focus on for my audience is I'm going to shift to the conversations that I'm having. And based off of what the audience liked. And then I'm going to write the descriptions that way. And that should help regain that attention and should help rank more episodes as well. And so take data and then we shift to meet that answer in me. The-
0: that is beautiful. So again, that's not a failure. That is learning.
1: Exactly. Learning what,
0: what the needs are and how to help meet those needs. And that's yep. a beautiful thing.
1: The other thing too, because I was also contemplating stopping
0: mm-hmm.
1: and with everything going on in our life and adding another, you know, child to the family and the amount that I spend on the podcast, like that's a reasonable family thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, in, so here's the other thing too. Like I, I, I made the choice to dial back how much I was spending on it, but not quit. But however, had I chose to give it up, that's also not a failure. Right. Because it would have ran its course. So there's times in life where we're called to lay things down. Like, we're called to do things in seasons. And sometimes we do things for a season, and then sometimes we lay them down. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. But just because we move on from one season doesn't mean that because we're not doing that anymore, it's a failure.
0: I love that. And I'm so grateful that you brought that up because I have seen people who struggle with holding on to something, feeling like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to let this go. When the right answer is, that served me and it was a blessing to me at that time. And now it has served its purpose and I'm ready to move on. And sometimes that's the way things go. And that's absolutely okay. Right. So fantastic. Well, thank you for visiting with me today. I'm so glad that we were finally able to meet up, and I'm so thankful to have learned from you today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, it's been a pleasure. In closing, I'd like to share a quote from Bill Nye the Science Guy. He said, everyone you will ever meet knows something that you don't. Evan embraces learning new things from other people. Today, I invite you to learn something new from someone else. See you next time on Linda's Corner.